All right, guys, we are back. It is June. Uh, it, it's been a minute, and uh, I will apologize for that minute. Uh, as I believe I've done a few times, and those of you that know me really well and you've been following me for any amount of time know um, the last year and a half, retiring from the military, moving uh, my family, doing general contracting, doing business consulting, um, essentially going from working for the government to working for the man. Um, which a lot of you do, right? I, I certainly understand that. And uh, it makes uh, side hustles or passion projects or, you know, uh, side jobs makes it rather difficult, right? And um, so as you know, I made the step recently to um, go full-time at Dangerous Man, go full-time betting on myself, right? Um, so Memorial Day was kind of my first real holiday, um, and I have since uh, last week was a lot of chores, house chores, catching up on things that I miss because, um, as you know, for the last few months, I was doing a business consulting gig where uh, I was spending a lot of time and creative energy um, working for a CEO of a company, putting in processes and uh, refining processes, defining artifacts, uh, lean sixing uh, the hell out of a, a confusing process, to say the least. So, uh just wanted to share that with you. It, it sounds like an excuse. It is an excuse. Um, but it is Monday, uh, June 5th, and I am recording a Mindful Monday episode. Um, and I look forward to recording many more uh, Mindful Monday episodes. So with that out of the way, I am back. I am going full time. I am betting on me. I am here for you. And I look forward to sharing some ideas, some thought-provoking conversation. I look forward to this podcast evolving into something more. Um, and in the meantime, being impactful for you, uh, whether you're in the car, uh, on your way to work, uh, in the gym, wherever it is you listen to me. Uh, real quick, dangerousman.substack.com. I'm most active on LinkedIn and Phil at becomingadangerousman.com is my email. Please reach out. Let me know. Uh, you're listening. Let me know how you found the show and let me know what I can do better for you. Let me know what you want to hear, um, different ideas, topics, things like that. So with that, guys, I am not your traditional uh, show. I don't have music intros at the moment. Uh, I've had them in the past, may go back to that. But right now, I just want to rip on the mic. I got my coffee. I got an idea and, and I want to talk to you. So here we go. So I have a quote I want to read you and then I want to I, I want you to process uh, that quote for a minute. And then I want you to think about what we're talking about today, right? It's kind of like a, all right, so here's the quote for today's show, right? I think there's this really small group that has an outsized voice at this moment in time, and it's full of hate, discrimination, and it's violent. Hate, discrimination, and violent. What could they be talking about, right? What, when you think of hate, discrimination, and violence, what do you think about? Well, in the interest of time, we're not going to pause the show, but the first thing I think about, right, what got me into this whole, what got me into Dangerous Man, what got me into the fight for our country, for families, for men, for masculinity, right? Well, for me personally, it was the mostly peaceful protest of 2020, right? We all witnessed mass hate, discrimination, and violence, right? That certainly checks all three of those boxes. 
Uh, there was people full of hate that were discriminating against business owners and private citizens who didn't want to, you know, put the fist or the black square, or they didn't want to kowtow to crime. They didn't want to defund the police, right? There was this, this summer of mostly peaceful protest where we saw a lot of violence, a lot of destruction, a lot of terror, and we saw very little to no consequences. I mean, they're picking up the pieces still to this day in some of these inner cities that were destroyed by these protesters, right? These rioters, these criminals um, who were bailed out of jail, who were let off the hook, who weren't prosecuted because, oh, woe is, you know, poor them. They're victims, right? They're victims. And it's only gotten worse, right? There's, there's that summer has, has basically wrote the blueprint for, hey, if you just pretend to be a victim, don't work, don't, don't add any value, don't try to get a job. And all these inner cities are lowering the threshold for crime so you can steal and get away with it, not get prosecuted, right? So certainly this quote, outsized, right? A small group, it's a small group, hate discrimination violence. So I think 2020 is probably top of my list. All right. Well, the next thing maybe you're thinking about, maybe COVID hit you a little harder. Uh, it certainly hit me. I was in the military during COVID. There was, there was a, a small group of three-letter organizations. Now, I, I'm obviously playing with that because a three-letter organization has massive reach and impact, but the American people, we were run roughshod over, right, in the name of the science, right? The science, uh, it made us wear a mask, it made us separate, it made us, and, and where I would say violent discrimination is it created a bunch of people who... For instance, my family and I, we didn't wear masks, right? Nowhere did we go did we wear masks. And luckily, we were in an area where people weren't going to, and I'm certainly not somebody you're just going to come up and yell at uh, for no reason. Um, but it created some violent interactions, some violent moments where people with hate in their heart for somebody who saw it different, who wanted to live different, right? It created such a hate and a, and a distaste for their America, for their fellow citizen that COVID could certainly be chalked up to, you know, a really small group full of hate, discrimination, and violence, right? COVID and the lockdowns and the the maskers versus the anti-maskers and the vaxxers versus the anti-vaxxers, right? It created this nasty environment, okay? So that's certainly, that's probably like an honorable mention, right? But obviously, I'm, I, I'm not a fan of COVID and magically the flu went away and magically nobody died from the flu for two years, but COVID anyways, let's not make the show about COVID, but I, I would say BLM Antifa riots, summer 2020 is my, probably my top choice for that quote. All right. Another thing that comes to mind is the pro-choice movement. And I don't want to get into the pro-choice versus pro-life other than most pro-life are not engaging in violence and hateful discrimination and, and they're not full of hate, right? Most pro-lifers come at love for the baby in the womb, love for the unborn child, right? Love for their fellow man, i.e. the baby in the womb, right? Because it is a baby, I, I believe, I believe like six weeks in, they can detect a heartbeat at that point to say it still sells is just insane to me, but let's not get into that. The point is how many pro-life, right? Pro-life meaning for the baby in the womb, right? Not for abortion. Um, how many of them do you see screaming and tearing down signs and just screaming nasty, vile, hateful shit? Normally it's Bible thumpers. And I mean that respectfully, who are willing to pray for the pregnant woman, pray for that baby. Like how many pro-lifers do you honestly see just nasty, vile humans? 
Whereas if you look at the pro-choice, and, and I would argue a lot of pro-choice people never even have a plan on having kids because they are not in a position to have anybody want of the opposite sex to even want them. I mean, some of these people are disgusting. They are vile and disgusting. Now, I'm not talking about your everyday man and woman like me who just sees it a little different. I am talking about the small group, right? We're talking about a small group with an outside voice, the small group of hardcore activists, pro-choice, pro-kill-a-baby-in-the-womb. They are vile, disgusting creatures, okay? I'm not talking about you if you disagree with me. My wife and I disagree on abortion, right? I am 97.5% pro-life, and I think very rare exceptions, and I think some medical, I think some family situations, and I think it should be a private matter in the home and not advertised. My wife, being a woman and having given birth to three kids, she's a little more like, well, do we really want a baby born into a home it doesn't belong in? I think she would be in the middle ground of, I, th I think she, her and I have always agreed it should be private. It should be a family matter between a doctor and a family. It should not be politicized. It should not be on TV, right? It should not be for our kids to see. We absolutely agree on that. So we can cohabitate in a home with a slight disagreement in, in, in what we believe, what we feel is right without being violent, right? So when you hear pro-choice, we're talking about that fringe minority psycho activist crazy person. Okay. The fourth thing I think of, right? So we have mostly peaceful protests. It's it's gotta be the mostly peaceful protest. We have COVID lockdowns, because obviously I'm anti-vax, anti-mask, anti-everything other than the six feet of distance, which was great. We have the pro-choice movement where these people are just absolutely insane. And then the maybe the most recent and most insane is the ABCDEFG plus minus divided by movement, right? We have now lost the definition of what it means to be a woman. Nobody from Congress to sitting leaders of organizations to university professors to norm, like, I take that back. Normal people can identify what a man and a woman is. Society's leaders, quote unquote leaders, people in positions of power, people in positions to make laws, they can no longer define what a woman is. We've gotten to a point where a small group of people has yelled so loud and been willing to be so violent. The last four mass shooters were all non-binary or trans, right? The last four of the last five mass shooters were trans, but we're not going to talk about that. We're not going to have the conversation of what this is doing. And even though it's their feelings, we shouldn't have a say, but we as society are being threatened now by people with pride flags on guns saying we need to arm ourselves and this is a fight and they're trying to get rid of us. So let's as a society not talk about what this is doing to our children and what they're going to turn into and where there is no turning back anyways. Society is claiming men can be women, they can menstruate and they can give birth and people in positions of power are going along to get along. Right. I would say that's an outsized voice, right? Because it's still like a 1% of the population that this is. But they have such an impact that women are now playing in men's sports. Women are, or, or I'm sorry, men are now in women's sports. Men are in giving, you know, men are who pretend to be women are lecturing women and, and yelling at women who don't agree and don't want to go along. Okay. All four of these examples come to mind when you think of hate, discrimination, and violence. BLM, Antifa, Masker, Anti-Vax, the pro-choice, the trans, all have a radical side that has been normalized to yell, get violent, and attack those unwilling to bend a knee. 
Here's where I'm going to flip this on you, though, right? That quote, and I'm going to read it again, was from two weeks ago, and it was it was it was said on air by the president of one of the largest ABCDEFG organizations when he, she, they was asked on their thoughts on the target backlash, right? The target backlash. So he, she, its version of the target backlash, right? Because target people are boycotting target. The audacity of this person to say, I think there's this really small group that has an outsized voice at this moment in time, and it's full of hate and discrimination and it's violent. All right. So we're going to break that down, guys. First off, we are not a small group. We, the people, are absolutely the majority in this country, okay? And when we start acting like it, when we remind ourselves that we're the majority, when we start acting like the majority, this is the kind of impact we can have. We are men and women. We are families who go to work, who pay taxes, who don't break the law, and we love our country, right? That's essentially we the people. That is still 80% of this country. I believe that to my core, that 80% of this country fall into this category. We are men and women. We believe in families. We believe in going to work, working hard, getting what we deserve, right? Working for what we, working for what's ours, right? We pay our taxes. We don't commit crimes. We don't break the law knowingly. We don't break the law and we absolutely love our country. We are not a small group. So that, that was her first mistake. It, it's first mistake, right? I don't even know what it what it was, and I don't even care. It looked like a woman, right? Her first mistake was trying to downgrade us to be that small group, right? We are not a small group, okay? We are the fucking majority. Outsized voice, quite the opposite, all right? Here's the problem with we the people. We have been silent and gone along to get along for years, Literally for years, we've had our head in the sand, we've colored within the lines, and we've hoped and we've prayed that this would just go away. There would be a return to normal. We have for the fear of being canceled, which is a real, it's a real fear. It's a real issue, right? I took LinkedIn all the time. I get private DMs on LinkedIn from people saying, Phil, love your content, keep it up, massive support, but I can't publicly. Like, please keep this to yourself. I just wanted to share. Hey, I get it. And I love getting DMs like that. I, I appreciate those DMs and I will always keep those in private to myself. But how sad is it that people can't even put an emoji, right? They can't even react to my post. They have to privately DM me that a post really inspired them, but they can't heart it or like it, or they can't even laugh at a joke I tell because they're worried the algorithm will tell somebody they work for and, and they'll get you know, potentially canceled, right? So that's a real issue, right? The The power we've given them to be canceled is because the majority has not acted as such. The majority has not acted as the majority. I would argue this Bud Light, canceling of Bud Light, right? The canceling of Target, the canceling of Adidas or these other stupid organizations that do stupid things. That is our flex. That is us speaking up as the majority, Though it is temporary and though it is not as powerful as we think, it is something. It is a way to be heard, okay? Full of hate. This lady, this, this person has the audacity to call us boycotting a brand violent, but yet 2020 was mostly peaceful. 2020 was mostly peaceful, but Target, people not shopping at Target, that's violence. That's hate. That's discrimination. No, it's called we earned our dollar and we have the right to spend it how we damn well choose. 
That is free market capitalism. That is the beauty of our country. You cannot tell us where to spend our money. Okay, now BlackRock can tell Target that they have to do this woke bullshit or else, right? BlackRock, Vanguard, they can tell all. And that's where you got to figure out. That's where you got to look at the bigger picture. It's not necessarily Target that wants to do this. It's the fact that Vanguard and BlackRock own all the companies in our country. So we don't necessarily have free market capitalism because the CEO and the boards and and, and however that that top puppet master shit works, right? That's Vanguard and BlackRock. Okay. They, they pull the strings on everybody to include the government, right? You could say Soros, you could say BlackRock, you could say Vanguard. It, it, it goes back to the basic premise, follow the money. Again, I don't want to go full tenfold hat here on you guys. We are not full of hate. We are simply using our dollar to flex value exchange, right? Capitalism is a value exchange. I try to add value. You give me your time and attention to listen to the podcast. All right. It's that simple discrimination. Yes, I, I, I will agree with you here. We have shown discrimination because it is our choice where we spend our money. And that's where the whole go woke, go broke. You go woke, go broke. That is our ability to flex. Yes, we are discriminating against spending our dollars. I will agree with you here. We are discriminating against any company, any organization, any person that wants to not align with our values. We, are, we have the right to discriminate against you. The last point she makes, right? Violence. Guys, I got a newsflash, right? If we wanted to be violent, they would know. If the majority of this country, if the 350 million guns in this country, if we wanted to be violent, they would know. They know what we're capable of, hence why the attack on the Second Amendment, hence why Biden will give every last breath until he falls off another fucking stage and breaks a hip. He will come for our guns. The, the, the administration will continue to come for our guns. And if you think the, Repub the if the other side is going to defend, they're not. They're going to concede. They're going to concede. They're going to concede. And they're going to continue to concede. Okay, the train is going to fall off the tracks. It's just a matter of voting to slow it down to buy ourselves more time. OK, we want to be left alone and we want to return to normal. We have not gotten violent. OK, this is not violence. We the people, if 80 percent of your country wanted to get violent, you would know. Right. We don't. Newsflash. We don't. OK, we don't want violence. We want a return to normal. What does this boil down to, guys? They crossed the line, right? I was in Virginia. My last duty station was in Virginia when whatever the guy's name was, Terry McAuliffe or whatever, the governor, if you follow, he made a statement out loud and he basically said, a parent does not have a right to tell the school what to teach their kid. Well, as soon as he said the, the, the quiet part out loud, people crossed party lines and mostly suburban women who would have otherwise voted for him, would have otherwise voted for the Democrat. They said, er, excuse me, uh, I, I who am heavily invested in my child's future. I don't have a say. And they voted for Republican. And now you have a Republican governor of Virginia. Okay. They're doing the same thing now. They've, they've come for the kids. They've made it super obvious with drag queen story hours, transing of the kids. They don't want parents involved in, in decisions. Massachusetts, I think like a year or two ago, Massachusetts, they lowered the age of consent to 12. So now a 12 year old doesn't have to have their parent in the room when they're talking to their doctor. This shit has been happening. We're just now catching up because we're pulling our damn heads out of the sand. Hence, go back five minutes when I said the biggest problem is we, the people, have had our heads in the sand for too long. Okay. They have awakened a sleeping giant, the parent and the family. Hence, all these kids graduating high school, they're all transing the kids. Why? Because if kids if, if kids turn into adults and then they don't have kids, then they have nothing to fight for. They'll go along to get along just like everybody else. 
right? I wish I would have had three more kids. I, I honestly wish I would have had three, four, five more kids. Okay. Because just to say F you to the government, right? Just to say F you, I'm a family man. We are a country built on families, right? That's why they're attacking the family because if all these people don't have kids and now I'm seeing entrepreneurs, all these solopreneurs, they're not having kids either. And now they're telling other people, oh, in your twenties, travel the world, da, 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 da. No, how about build a family? You want to combat this? Build a family. Stick your middle finger to the country, to the government, and build a family. Partner with another person of like-minded values. And, and I go old school, folks, because if you don't, here's what's going to happen. Handmaid's Tale is about to be a real thing. I never watched it, but I know the premise of Handmaid's Tale. It's about to become a real thing. Immigration is not going to fill the gap in this country. Immigration is going to destroy this country because there's no assimilation. They will no, they will be nothing but worker slaves, worker drones to the government to enforce a socialist agenda. If you watch the videos of them coming across the border, they're coming across the border with their fucking hands out. Entitled pricks. We are we have high school kids becoming adults with their hands out, and now we have people coming across the border with their hands out. How does that look for our country, guys? How does that look for our country? All right, that's all the fear. That's all the scary stuff, right? The future's coming and it's coming hard. It's going to take more than voting. It's going to take more than boycotting Target. And it's going to take more than some social media support or lack of support for stuff you don't agree with, right? Good times have made men weak. 2023, we are still in good times. These are not hard times. They're just not. This is not fucking hard, guys. I still have the ability to record this podcast. This is not hard. I still have the ability to work from home. Uh, everybody I know still has a job. This is not hard. The grocery stores still have food. This is not hard. Guys, it's going to get hard. It has to. Eventually, the cards have to fall, right? Eventually, the foundation will come out from under us. This shit is going to get difficult. I don't know when. But I'm going to continue every day to prepare for when it does. I am on the path to becoming dangerous. I am saying I am a threat to the status quo, to the mainstream, and to the pussification of men, right? I am a strong example of what a man needs to be, and I am striving to be better. And I'm doing that deliberately, intentionally. I have a community of men that, that make me better, right? I'm a part of a small group of men, my off-grid, uh, dangerous man, my tribe. Right. And we we are making each other stronger. We're making each other better. We're there for each other. We, we, we can pray for each other. We can talk through problems. We can give suggestions. We can give tips. It's amazing. Right. And then I'm coaching. Right. I do one on one coaching. So if you hear this and, and you'd be interested and you want to know how to be a threat to the status quo, you want to know what it means to get on the path, right? I got a 12-week framework. I got a five. We can make the framework whatever you need it to be, but we'll dive into your situation. We'll dive into your current situation, your current enemy and friendly, your current habits, core values, right? There's a lot of exercises we're going to do to get to know you and your situation, and then we're going to cast a vision. And out of that vision will come a 90-day mission, and I'll stay with you as long as you need me, right? I'll stay with you. I'll be your accountability partner. I'll, I'll, I'll bounce ideas, right? If not me, somebody. If not me, do the self-discovery I did. I spent years in the books. I spent years in the books, a little bit of counseling. I've spent – I've done time talking to other men, to mentors, the counseling, the wisdom. I, I have mentors that are older, wiser, been through it all. I've learned from them. I've gone through the trial and tribulation to get here to be able to say, hey, I survived a lot of bad shit, bad decisions, 
to be in a good, really good spot to be ready to move forward. I'm probably only a few years ahead of you. Let me help you get here, right? Don't give up. Don't quit. Don't throw in the towel. Get your fucking head out of the sand. Become a threat. Get on the path to becoming dangerous. And I'm not even going to say save the country, any of that shit, because that is out of our hands at this point. I'm going to say out of the ashes of Rome, right, something new was built. Out of the ashes of every fallen empire, the, the survivors, right? They say the winners. Is it really the winners? I, I would argue the survivors, the ones who outlasted, right? The ones who um, made it to the other side. I don't know that there were ever winners. Millions of people die every time this happens, okay? Out of that, something is built anew. And out of that, I will be damn sure do everything I can that me and my family and I will be on the other side. Let me help you. Let me know what I can do. Phil at becomingadangerousman.com is my email. I am most active. I am only active on LinkedIn. And then, of course, you can always hit me up on LinkedIn or the email and let me know if the coaching is something that interests you guys. Assess your situation today while making a plan for tomorrow. Whatever your path, get on the path. Whatever your fight, get in the fight. We will need more than strong men for what's coming. We will need men on the path to becoming dangerous.